<laughs> hey, thanks. Good day. So I assume most people know Ed. Um, I actually didn't know how many books he'd written until I just asked him. Uh, what is it, 14 books authored or co-authored? He's planted six churches. And I asked him a question uh, just earlier. Why six? Why, do you, why don't you stay at one? Attention deficit disorder <laughs> is, uh, is the reason. No, um, you know, I, I planted one in Buffalo, New York, which is um, uh, among the urban poor. And, and I was there for six years. And then I, Lord called us to plant a church down the, down the road, about two hours down the road. And I planted that in, um, I stayed there for five years. And so since that time, we planted more than one church out of there, I largely have planted churches where I lived. So I was a seminary professor, and then I was asked to take over a, a national seminary program with seven seminaries, and so that involved a relocation. Then I was asked to lead a research firm, and that involved a relocation. And so like the church I planted right now, I just planted because that's where I live. I live in uh, Nashville, Tennessee, and um, I was there for three or four years before I actually planted the church, and that was the, just planted a church because that was our heart. We love the church. I asked you earlier, Ed, if um, you thought you were better in the startup phase mm -hmm. rather than in the maturing phase. You said no. But do you think different p uh, planters have particular gifts like that and that we should be open to kind of different models dependent on the spiritual gifts we... Yeah, and, and I would say, I actually, we go back to, I don't know, I might have been answering a different question than I thought you were asking. Um, I don't know if I'm better outside the startup phase or not because I've never gotten beyond the startup phase. Um, so I, I couldn't tell you with any certainty if that's true or not. Um, I just know that that's kind of how God has placed us. You know, but, I, but I've been uh, an interim pastor of a church that was, you know, I'm, I'm you know, 75 years old. Been there, I served there for two years. Um, so it's different. Um, but, but I definitely do think in, in that there are different ways and approaches. You know, maybe even I'll throw this in tonight if it's helpful. I actually looked at five different models. You know, sometimes it's a, uh, an apostolic harvest church planter, and so kind of goes into a community, raises up people from the harvest, starts a church, moves on. Could be a short amount of time a year, and then people are, you know, um, behind serving as pastor. There's the founding pastor, founding planter pastor model. So I do think there are different models of church planting, and that often depends on the wiring of the church planter. Yeah. Now, Ed, you're president of LifeWay. A, um, LifeWay Research. Uh, LifeWay LifeWay's Research. a bigger uh, yeah. organization than, than what I lead, yeah. Okay. Uh, you're married? I am. Uh, you got kids? I have three daughters, so you can pray for me. Um, and they're awesome. One of them's with me. I brought my 11-year-old, Jacqueline, with me to Australia. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, it's great to have you. A couple more questions. Um, I was uh, sitting down with Rowan, and I asked Rowan, what, what do you want to hear from... Ed, and he asked, what are the three most important things to keep a church planter going? And what do you think the, the three most important things are to keep a church growing? Wow, you, you rhymed those uh, questions. That was, uh, that was really good. <laughs> I think it was, it was him good. that rhymed it. No, it's kind of hip-hop. I like that. Uh, if you could do it to rhyme and music, it would be awesome. Um, you know, I would say church planter going, um, you know, my, my experience has been is that the things that derail a church plant are primarily personal rather than they're professional. Um, and so what I would say is first and foremost is a relationship with God. I would say the kind of, um, the kind of wiring that makes you effective as a church planter uh, tends, doesn't make you naturally a godly person. Uh, not that not the church planters are ungodly. Um, 
Well, anyway. Um, but there, there's a certain contemplative, spiritual formation kind of uh, thinking and approach that, that typically is not line up in the same way with the entrepreneurial self-starter that most church planners are. Um, when we do, you know, there's a sign out there for, right, from Geneva Push, and they're doing such great work, and it says, are you ready to plant a church? And then there's a question mark. It's, it's right behind you. And then it says, you know, get assessed. It's basically get assessed. And so we assess you, and then you pass assessment. Did you go through assessment? Okay, so you, and you passed assessment. And I would think it was the facial hair alone that might have got you through um, because it's awesome. And, um, but you go through assessment, and we're looking for a self-starter, a bit of even of a, of a maverick. Uh, and then we're kind of shocked and offended that you're not following directions well and uh, you know, easy to get along with. Oh, that was exactly what we were assessing you for. Uh, well, one of the things that that, that, that entrepreneurial self-starter starter, um, often uh, sidetracks, even shipwrecks, because there's not that, that depth of relationship with the Lord that I think is necessary. So that would be number one. You said three things. I better speed this up or we'll be uh, in trouble. I, I, I've never noticed, I've never found a church planter that has successfully planted a church without having a strong marriage. As a matter of fact, I find that church planting tends to be... Um, I don't, know, I don't know I'd quite say it's bad on your marriage, though I will tell you it has been bad on my marriage at times. Um, but I think if you have cracks in your marriage, church planting will accentuate those cracks in the marriage. And so what happens is the stress of um, perhaps relocation, perhaps leaving an existing community of faith and friends. And, and so what I would say is the second thing I think keeps a church planter going is a strong marriage. I, I remember the best church planter I ever Assessed. Uh, his name is Dwayne, and he's just sharp. And he was, he, we sent him out to plant a church, and, and it went great. But I didn't know because we didn't do a thorough enough assessment about some marriage. Um, maybe, I don't know, it wasn't going to collapse. But, but what happened was about a year into the church plant, blowing and going, I mean, you'd, you'd look at it and say, This is success. success. His wife came to him and said, um, uh, Dwayne, you'll never know him, so I'm just using his first name, but Dwayne, um, I'm going home to, and she named the state, you know, I'm going home to so-and-so where her family lives. I, I hope you'll come with me um, because um, the entrepreneurial wiring and gifting and perhaps the go-getting, go-get-it, gonna-done kind of stuff combined with some cracks in the marriage that showed in the stress of the church plant ultimately led to, to the difficulty of, uh, in church planting. So, so I would say first relationship with the Lord, relationship with spouse, but I, I kind of feel like I'm, I'm, I'm answering in a way that you'd answer of a pastor, but a church planner is a pastor. And so the majority of qualifications in First Timothy chapter 3 are not in the area of skill, but in the area of relationship with the Lord and, and family. Family mentioned twice um, there. And so, so, so let me, I guess in the third thing, I, I would say that there, is, there are functions and roles of a church planner that can be a stumble mark. And what I would say is those tend to manifest uh, in the earliest stages of church planning, unless you send someone out. If this church, you know, it's a large church, sends out 50 people to start a church in another part of town, you sort of skip that, that phase at the beginning. But if you're starting from scratch, what sometimes we call, we have, there's a church planner lingo, we call a parachute drop. If you're parachute dropping, um, then typically it's those first few families, and that becomes the place where you can begin to see the breakdown. And so I, what I would say is, is uh, keeping that going means an evangelistic, intentionally core development process along the way. And that was just your first one. And the other one was what keeps the church plant going. And uh, 
and, and, and I'm going to talk, I'm going to talk in, in depth about that both this afternoon and tonight, this Arvo, I'm trying to speak Australianisms, which just to be perfectly honest, how do you get Arvo from afternoon? Uh, I get some of them, but they're, anyway, a um, little bitter. Um, so what I would say in, in, in that case, I, I, w- I would say the key is going to be continuous ongoing evangelism, the development and raising up of leaders, and ultimately deploying an increasing number of people to live as agents of God's mission in the world. A little shorter on the second one than the first one. You're going to come and teach us a session on breaking growth barriers now? Yeah. We're very happy that you're here with us. Let me pray for you and your family. I thought we were going to do 15 minutes of questions. That was not What's 15 that? I don't know. I don't have a watch. You ran out of stuff. Do we, do we want to do more? No, that's fine. Uh, I don't know. I'm I not going to judge you. you. I'm not going to judge you, but <laughs> I said I'm 15. I don't know. I don't know. Good. Let me pray for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. Father God, we thank you that you brought Ed all this way. We thank you for his daughter that's come with him. We pray that you'd protect his marriage and his family from Satan's attacks. We, uh, we pray that you give him uh, godliness as he leads uh, his church and his family. And we pray, Father, that you'd give him um, wisdom now as he teaches us and uh, give us ears to hear and, and, uh, and hearts that want to obey you. In Jesus' name Jesus. we pray. Amen. Amen.